Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knows. My name is Chris, and I am your host. This is a podcast where I just read things. Um, I'm pretty good at reading. I like reading. Some people don't have time to read. I got some time to read, so I might as well read it. Wow. I might as well read it out loud so both of us can have some insight. Or however many people are listening to this right now. Who knows? Right? Am I right? Um, so, yeah, the we always just get right into it. Um, right now, I'm on Forbes.com. Um, found an article from May 27, 2017. It's about three years ago, almost. And it's an Ask Ethan article. Uh, it says, Ask Ethan, what does the edge of the universe look like? I, uh, I encourage you to click or check out the links in the uh, episode descriptions. If you can't find it, find uh, my, you can find my podcast on anchor.fm. Um, and I believe, let me find it. Hold on a second. I'm not sure, but I think it's anchor.fm and then just look for the podcast. Who knows? Um, Cause there's pictures on this story that are actually really part of the article. Um, it gives you like a sense of what they're talking about. Um, and some people learn like some people get information in their heads differently. So um Maybe these pictures would help you understand what I'm saying more because you can't see them. I can see them. It makes sense to me because I can see the pictures. Um, but, and they're all, you know, either simulated pictures or real. So, without further ado, let's get into it. What does the edge of the universe look like, Ethan? Uh, all right. 13.8 billion years ago, the universe as we know it began with a hot Big Bang. Over that time, space itself has expanded, the matter has undergone gravitational attraction, and the result is the universe we see today. But as vast as it all is, there's a limit to what we can see. Beyond a certain distance, the galaxies disappear, the stars twinkle out, and no signals from the distant universe can be seen. What lies beyond that? That's this week's question from Dan Newman, who asks, If the universe is finite in volume, then is there a boundary? Is it approachable? And what might be the view in that direction be? Let's start by starting at our present location and looking out as far into the distance as we can see. And then there's a picture, a little diagram kind of picture. This is the cosmic epochs. In our own backyard... The universe is full of stars, but go more, go, but go more than about a hundred thousand light years away, and you've left the Milky Way behind. Beyond that, there's a sea of galaxies, perhaps two trillion in total, contained in our observable universe. Two trillion galaxies in our observable universe that we can see. They come in a great. They come in a great diversity of types, shapes, sizes, and masses. But as you look back to the more distant ones, you start to find something unusual. 
The farther away a galaxy is, the more likely it is to be smaller, lower in mass, and to have its stars be intrins intrinsically bluer in color than the nearby ones. And then um, there's another picture uh, which shows how galaxies that are similar to the Milky Way um, and how they appear different at different points in the universe's history. So it's pretty cool. It goes from goes from 11.1 billion years ago to now. So, or 11 point billion, yeah. This makes sense in the context of a universe that had a beginning, a birthday. That's what the Big Bang was, the day that the universe as we know it was born. For a galaxy that's relatively close by, it's just about the same age that we are. But when we look at a galaxy that, that's billions of light years away, that light has needed to travel for billions of years to reach our eyes. A galaxy whose light takes 13 billion years to reach us must be less than 1 billion years old. And so the farther away we look, we're basically looking back in time. And then there's a full UV visible IR composite of the Hubble Extreme Deep Field, the greatest image ever released by NASA. Uh, and the above image is the Hubble Extreme Deep Field XDF the deepest image of the distant universe ever taken. There are thousands of galaxies just in this one image at a huge variety of distances from us and from one another. What you can't see in simple color, though, is that each galaxy has a spectrum associated with it, where the clouds, where clouds of gas absorb light at very particular wavelengths. Based on the simple physics of the atom, as the universe expands, that wavelength stretches. That wavelength stretches. So the more distant galaxies appear redder than the, they otherwise would. That physics allows us to infer their distance, and lo and behold, when we assign distances to them, the farthest galaxies are the youngest and smallest ones of all. And then there's a video of the fly-through. Beyond the galaxies, we expect there to be the first stars, and then nothing but neutral gas. When the universe hadn't had enough time to pull matter into, into dense enough stables to form a star yet, Going back additional millions of years, the radiation in the universe was so hot that neutral atoms couldn't form, meaning that photons bounced off charged particles continuously. When neutral atoms did form, that light should simply stream in a straight line forever, unaffected by anything other than the expansion of, other than the, expansion of the universe. The discovery of this leftover glow, the cosmic microwave background, more than 50 years ago was the ultimate confirmation of the Big Bang. And then there's another chart here um, with a photo it says what is the reionization re error a schematic outline of the cosmic history so the big bang um, time since big bang in years uh, we have 300,000 or I think it's 3 trillion years ago something like that I'm not sure uh, the universe is filled with ionized gas the universe becomes neutral and opaque, and the, the dark ages of the reionization re era started. And then 500 million years ago, galaxies and quasars began to form. The reionization starts. And then you have the cosmic renaissance and the dark ages end um, just before 1 billion years ago. So 1 billion years ago, reionization re complete. The universe becomes transparent again. And then we go galaxies evolve, 9 billion years, the solar system forms, 13 billion years to today, astronomers figure it all out. So we took us 13 billion years to figure out 
everything that happened since the Big Bang. Apparently. Or, no, okay. It didn't take us 13 billion. It's been 13 billion years since we figured it all out. And I don't even think we figured it all out. We probably just figured out most of it so far. So from where we are today, we can look out in any direction we like and see the same cosmic story unfolding. Today, 13.8 billion years after the Big Bang, we have the stars and galaxies we know today. Earlier, galaxies were smaller, bluer, younger, and less evolved. Before that, there were the first stars, and prior to that, just neutral atoms. Before neutral atoms, there was an ionized plasma. Then, even earlier, there were free protons and neutrons, spontaneous creation of matter and antimatter, free quarks and gluons, all the unstable particles in the standard bottle, and finally, the moment of the Big Bang itself. Looking to greater and greater distances is equivalent to looking all the way back in time. Isn't that cool? And there's another sweet picture. This is a art, artist. Oh, it's an artist's logarithmic scale conception of the observable universe. Galaxies give way to large scale. Okay. All right. Although this defines our observable universe with the theoretical boundary of the Big Bang located 46.1 billion light years from our current position, this is not a real boundary in space. Instead, it's simply a boundary in time. There's a limit to what we can see because of the speed of light because the speed of light allows information to only travel so far over the 13.8 billion years since the hot big bang. That distance is farther than 13.8 billion light years because the fabric of the universe has expanded and continues to expand, but it's still limited. But what about prior to the big bang? What would you see if you somehow went to the time just a tiny fraction of a second earlier than when the universe was at its highest energies? hot and dense and full of matter, antimatter and radiation. All right, then there's another picture, inflation set up, the hot Big Bang, it gave rise to the observable universe we have access to. Okay. You'd find that there was a state called cosmic inflation, where the universe was expanding ultra fast and dominated by energy inherent space, inherent to space itself. Excuse me. <clears throat> space expanded exponentially during this time where it was stretched flat, where it was given the same properties everywhere, where pre-existing particles were all pushed away, and where fluctuations in the quantum fields inherent to space were stretched across the universe. When inflation ended where we are, the hot Big Bang filled the universe with matter and radiation, giving rise to the part of the universe the observable universe that we see today. 13.8 billion years later, here we are. And there's another picture of the expansion, the inflation. Um, and then the thing is, there's nothing special about our location, neither in space or in time. The fact that we can see 46 billion light years away doesn't make that boundary or that location anything special. It simply marks the limit of what we can see. If we could somehow take a snapshot of the entire universe going way beyond the observable part, as it exists 13.8 billion years after the Big Bang everywhere, it would all look like our nearby universe does today. There would be a great cosmic web of galaxies, clusters, filaments, and cosmic voids extending far beyond the comparatively small region we can see. Any observer at any location would see a universe that was very much like the one we see from our own perspective. The individual details would be different, just as the details of our own solar system, galaxy, local group, and so on, are different from any other observer's view viewpoint. But the universe itself isn't finite in volume. It's only the observable part that's finite. 
The reason for that is there's a boundary in time, the Big Bang, that separates us from the rest. We can approach that boundary only through telescopes, which look to earlier times in the universe, and through theory. Until we figure out how to circumvent the forward flow of time, that will be our only approach to better understand the edge of the universe. But in space, there is no edge at all. To the best we can tell, someone at the edge of what we see would simply see us as the edge instead. That's pretty cool. Um, I love the universe. I love learning about it. It just makes me feel... We're not alone, man. Aliens, bro. A um, little bit about Ethan. Ethan Siegel. He's a writer for Forbes or something. has a PhD in astrophysics. astrophysics. He's an author and science communicator who professes physics and astronomy at various colleges. Numerous awards for science writing since 2008 for my blog starts with a bang, including the award for best science blog about the blog by the Institute of Physics. My two books, Treknology, The Science of Star Trek from Tricorders to Warp Drive, Beyond the Galaxy, How Humanity Looked Beyond Our Milky Way and Discovered the Entire Universe, are available for purchase on Amazon. Don't buy it on, don't buy it on Amazon. Buy it on eBay. I'm sure you can find it there. Um, Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more. Of your money. Um, eBay's the way to go. All right. So, yeah, we just learned about uh, that there's no edge of the universe. And I'm sure a lot of people knew that already. But, you know, it's always good to read stuff because some people don't know this stuff because they don't read this stuff. So, um, yeah, if you like what you see, uh, let me know or, or just, you know, listen to more. Really, uh, if you want to just, if you like what you're hearing, just listen to more of my stuff. Um, And that's all I got for now. Okay, bye.